Welcome to the Mastermind Leadership Podcast. The Mastermind Leadership Collective's vision is to help you master the leader within, develop and equip the leader within each and every individual, and help organizations reach their goals through leadership development. The Mastermind Leadership Collective is made up of three unique leaders, myself, Evan Grizzle, the amazing Jason Staten, and the incomparable Nate Whitley. In this episode, we're going to talk about five leadership philosophies for small or struggling churches. So uh, I had a, uh, a minister text me and ask me this question. He's doing some training for a church uh, coming up pretty quickly. And his question was, what would be the five uh, bullet points or five leadership philosophies for a small or struggling church? Uh, and I thought that would be a great topic for all of us to talk about on the Mastermind Leadership Collective podcast. And so the five uh, that we came up with and we're going to expound upon here in this episode, number one, vision. Uh, number two, identifying leaders. Uh, number three, being resourceful. Uh, number four, excellence in small things. And then number five, patience. So five leadership philosophies for a small or struggling church. And let me uh, caveat and say, uh, just because you're a small congregation doesn't mean you're necessarily struggling. Uh, and just because you're struggling doesn't necessarily mean that you're a small congregation. Large churches uh, can struggle as well. Generational churches uh and struggle. <clears throat> and so I think all five of these are um, really great uh, bullet points, philosophies, whether you're trying to turn the ship around, and it might be very difficult for you if it's a larger church. And there is yeah. some, there's some, you know, advantages of having a smaller congregation because it's not as large of a ship yeah. uh, to turn around. So uh, these five we're going to start with number one <clears throat> is vision. Uh, five leadership philosophies for a small or struggling church number one vision and jason why don't you go ahead and kick us off there with that topic yeah you know i think the you know one of the laws of physics you know is that an object tends to stay at rest until some other object acts on it and i think when we're as a church whether again whether we're small or just struggling we're at a place where we don't have momentum and vision is a force that creates momentum uh, by getting us to look forward to what we can be, to what uh, you know, what what the pop, the potential is, and the possibility is. And uh, I think that is incumbent upon the leader to, you know, first of all, to get that. You know, Moses went to the mountain and got alone with God to get, and and then come back down and share it with the people. So first, it's us as a leader getting alone with God. God, what is the future of this church? Where are you leading us? Uh, and then bringing that back to the people. But vision creates excitement. Vision creates uh, enthusiasm. And uh, it definitely creates momentum. But, yeah. And, and one of the things, dude, whenever you said that just then, it made me think we very rarely hear vision as a force of movement. Mm. We often hear it talked about as an abstract concept mm -hmm. of cast. Like, and we did a, an entire two Two, I think two yeah. podcasts or at least one podcast on vision casting and vision crafting. So you can go yeah. back and listen to those, but like vision as a force, um, because as you said, it's that, that law of physics that if it's at rest, it's going to stay at rest until something pushes it or propels it forward. And, you know, vision 
can be that thing to do that. And it should be that thing to do that because vision not only is like a rocket fuel propellant that gets people excited, but it's also uh, the the components of a GPS that gives them the place of where they're going. Because a lot of times, you know, sometimes um, like we read in scripture, Abraham, he had faith not knowing where he was going, but still stepped out and did it. Um, sometimes, or a lot of times as leaders, our job is to tell people where they're going because sometimes they don't know how to start unless they know where they're headed to. Um, so giving them that vision of where they're going can give them number one, a starting point, but also a place of where they're headed. And I think that's to, to go off what, what both of you said is you have to be willing to change and you have to be willing to be moved you know, uh, and man, what Jason just said there, it's not, it's not abstract, as you said, Evan, but it's, it's the thing that forces momentum. But a lot of churches stay stagnant yeah. because they refuse to move. They refuse to, to change or evolve. And I think as, they, as the leader or, or the pastor of the church or the <clears throat> leaders of the church, you have to be uh, willing to diagnose why you are in the position that you're in, mm-hmm. and That's where good. where do you go? What's the temperature? What's the you know? Yeah. Are you running a fever? Or are you just dead? Yeah, uh, you know, because <laughs> those I, are two different temperatures. And, and I think you have to. The vision has to realize it has to awaken. Yeah, and let me, let me add in just a little caveat to that as well. You're going to face some opposition with that mm-hmm. if it's. There might be a reason why you're not seeing the growth that you want to see, or you're not getting to the place you want to go. And so, when you when you diagnose that, there's going to have to be some some type of resistance to that. And so, as the vision goes forth, you're going to have to be able to address that and be honest. Yeah, and and you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about this a lot lately for some reason, but one of the things that I like to think about and talk about a lot is um, change agents. In, in adopting a vision or propelling someone forward, um, you know, no matter the size of your congregation, you are going to have thought leaders within that organization, people that turn to or, or people that uh, uh, members of your congregation turn to and look toward. They they have a amount of influence, no matter how great or how small that influence is. And that's in all social groups. There's going to be people that carry that influence. And so what you have to do now, sometimes there's toxic culture, right? Like you're just talking about, you got to diagnose it. Is it a toxic culture that don't want to change? Or can you go to those thought leaders, those respected people, those elders, some would say, and, and that's what I do in my church, um, go to those elders and get them on your side before you ever cast the vision. Right. And that way, when they go to those leaders and they say, hey, is this good? They can say, "Yeah, me and me and the pastor talked about it, or me and the leader talked about it, and and we feel really we feel really good about it. I stand behind them." And what that does is it brings some of us feel like we don't need to bring validity to our ministry or our vision, but it brings that validation to it because a, a, a thought leader in the church already adopted it. And I think so. Number one, five five leadership philosophies for a small or struggling church. Number one, vision. You're going to have to have vision. Which I think that segues, uh, Jason, into our second bullet point here, identifying <coughs> leaders. Uh, if you're going to have... Sorry, I jumped ahead a little bit there. No, yeah. that's great. I think it's a great segue that you have 
lead, you have vision, but you can't, I think it was Jason who gave us the quote that we posted on Instagram. Uh, vision can't, can't thrive in isolation. You have to have collaboration. Yeah. So identifying leaders, surrounding yourself uh, with the vision. Uh, Jason, can you uh, maybe add to that? Yeah. So I, th I do think you have different types of leaders. And Evan, I think, was addressing kind of those thought leaders, people that maybe aren't necessarily positional leaders, but they have influence. Yeah. And I think recognizing that and getting them on your side, uh, bringing them on board. Um, and I just I, an illustration I was thinking of as Evan was saying that my wife got me a, a green egg for Christmas, a big green egg uh, grill. And I got a uh, there's different, you know, green egg is a genius. Uh, they've got so many different upgrade components. And I mean, you buy the green egg and then it's another fifteen thousand dollars for all the little devices that go with it. Anyway, one of the elements I got was a pizza stone, a ceramic pizza stone. So, yes, Lord, <laughs> it's amazing. But they tell you, you can't wait until the egg is at 500 degrees and put that stone in or it'll crack. You have to put that stone in at like 200 degrees and let it heat up with the fire so that and I think that's the same with your with your thought leaders. If, you, if I wait, if the day of vision casting, I get up to the whole church and say, this is what we're doing. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that could have been on my side that are going to be my greatest enemies That's good. because I didn't sit down with them first and bring them into the process. And then I, there's also your positional leaders, which is equally important. <clears throat> and especially in a small church, uh, it's important. Certainly you use what you can, what you have access. I remember my, you know, when we were uh, home missions, were getting started. Our first music director came to church and cut off short, you know, jeans, shorts, and a wife beater tank top. And flip-flops. And my dad was like, you can play the piano. You're our worship leader. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You can get away with that. probably. But I think it is important as you start moving forward, you get the right people in those key places. And you, as a leader, the longer you try to do it all yourself, you're not going to see growth. So you have to find the right people to lead in those key areas. Uh, so, yeah, that would that would be my take. What I wrote down, I'm going to give to you here, Evan, is – um, bring them to the table. That's good. Bring them to the table. Bring, if you've got, you know, only a handful of people that are doing something in the congregation, I think it's really important instead of just like Jason said, instead of you just pronouncing this vision on a Sunday, you bring them to the table and say, guys, it's going back to the change agents. Here's where I see. And then you get their input. Yeah. And they feel a part. They feel, you know, some ownership and responsibility with it. And then they can go out and help. Now, there might be some within that who say, no, mm -hmm. this is not what we want to do. Be ready for that. Be yeah. ready for that. And that's and that's just part of it. But like going back to the original, the number one is vision. You're going to it's not always going to be well received. But I think bringing them to the table allows them to remove some of that friction uh, and some of that opposition. So kind of go off of that. Yeah. And I think it, you're bringing to the table, bring your leaders like like uh, Jason and Nate both just said, bringing them to the table to speak. Then um, that's whether it's thought leaders or it is designated title bearing leaders within your church. Um, and, and the one thing, the caveat I could add to that, I pastor a multi-generational church. Bring all generations in on the conversation yep. because I'm going to tell you that the young, if, if it's a young buck driven church, mm -hmm. the elders are going to be upset. Yeah. If it's an elder driven church, the young bucks are going to be upset. So 
every group um, since I've taken over, every group that has a committee it is balanced with young and old on the committee. Because what you have to do there is you have to realize I'm, I'm a 32-year-old pastor. I get up and preach. I have less life experience than all the elders in our church, but they're trusting their spiritual health to me. Right. So those two things can be separate. They don't have to be the same. So when I reach out to them and I say, hey, what do you think about such and such? I'm not relying on their spiritual insight as much as I am their personal experience. So talk to them, get their input. And then what that'll do, it also, you know, don't be afraid of being open. Mm. Like, not don't be afraid of being a young guy or, or an older gentleman or, or lady and saying, hey, I don't know everything. So I need your help on this. Yeah. Um, and that goes a long way when you go to those leaders, bringing them to the table, sitting down and talking. Here's what I'm thinking. Tell me what you think. Give And, and I will say this, when you're talking about working with other people, give them some wins. Um, it was, uh, I think it was Jordan Peterson that said that they did a study with rats. It was an older rat and a younger rat. And if the older rat, the older rat had the ability to win every time, but if the younger, if the older didn't let the younger win some of the time, the younger didn't want to play. Mm. When you're dealing with your leaders, you have to give them some wins mm. because if not, they're not going to want to be a part of the team. Yeah. So that is going with the recommendation sometimes. Sometimes that's taking part of their recommendation and melding it into yours. And a lot of times you'll find that it actually bodes well for the health of the church because they they might see something you don't see. Because even though we have that 30,000-foot view, sometimes we can't see the thing scurrying along on the bottom. So that's my input on that one. So number one, five leadership philosophies for a small or struggling church. Number one, giving vision, casting vision, bringing them, uh, bringing leaders into that and identifying leaders. You're going to have to have help. Which leads us to number three. If you're a small congregation uh, or a struggling congregation, sometimes uh, you look at larger churches, thriving churches, and you say, well, you start comparing yourself. We don't have all the resources. We don't have maybe don't have the budget that they have. Don't have that many have that many people. So number three, we 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 decided was being resourceful, being resourceful with what you've got as a small or struggling congregation. And I'm going to, I'm going to take the lead on this one. That's all right. I think it's really important that I've been to a lot of smaller churches and a lot of times they really feel like they, they can't do what other churches do because they don't have what they have. And well, if we had all those people, here's what we would do. If we had all that money, here's what we would do. Instead, you need to look at what you have. And if you realize what you have uh, and what you could do with what you have, that's really important. So instead of looking at the other side and say, well, I wish we had that, you have to sow where you are and use what you have, the resources you have. So, uh, you know, a couple of things we've looked at, I'll, I'll let you kind of go off the next one is, you know, say you want more visual aesthetics from social media, you know, just because you're a small church doesn't mean you can't have an impact on social media. Uh, there's a lot of resources that are free that you can take advantage of uh, as a as a leader, as a small congregation or a struggling congregation. Number one, Canva. Yeah. Canva is fantastic. I love yeah. Canva. Use it all um, the time. I know a lot of people who use that. Now there's some graphic designers out there dying a million deaths right now. Uh, if you say yeah. that, but if you're if if you can't afford a graphic design, you don't have a graphic design yeah. uh, lady in your church. Then Canva is free. 
Uh, you can upgrade as well and pay for that. Yep. There's templates on there that you can change. You don't have to even be a, you don't have to be, you know, visually, uh, uh, you know, ad- advantageous to do it. You can just, it's just a template and you change the, the name of that thing. Literally. Uh, so that's one free thing. Uh, give us another one, Evan, for free resources. Uh, so this is specifically to music departments. Um, one of the things that people that all music departments, if, if, if they are, doing music within the 21st century they're using tracks or loops and so um and using that the software is free you can use playback or you can use loop community prime playback's a little bit better um you go to multitracks.com you purchase it there and literally i i have built a a um a track set up for someone for less than a hundred dollars that didn't have in ears in their church yeah so if you want that, let me know. We can hook you up with that. But it's a way to bring your music department up to the next level, and it's either free or extremely cheap. So if you don't have, for instance, we used this in our school a few years ago. We had a bunch of bunch of kids graduate, kind of left a hole with yeah. some of our music in our in our school. And so we started using playback, and yeah. it was free. And what happens is, so you don't have a bass player, you can just turn that yeah. bass pl- player track up. And exactly. So basically, if you're a small church, say, I don't have a drummer or a bass player, you yeah. don't have to go without those things. Just don't. plug that in yep. and turn those things up. And you've got, and it sounds fantastic. And the argument always is, well, I don't want to use tracks because I don't want to stifle the move of the Holy Ghost. Well, guess what, brother and sister? You don't have to anymore. Yeah. You can actually flow because yeah. they have it set up where you can click on different aspects. And the other really good part, and let's say you do have a bass player, but they're terrible. You can leave that bass track in. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like you up. don't turn them just down turn them that. down and leave it up, and everybody wins. Yeah. So my God, you sounded good on the bass today. Thank, Thank you. you, Jason. <laughs> add to that, Jason. Add some more uh, being resourceful. Yes. Yeah, so for us, we use uh, Slack, which is a free. I think you can pay to upgrade. We've we've never. I think there's different things you can do if you upgrade, but the free. Uh, that really is the glue of all of our processes. Is um, we use Slack for all of our communication, and I. I don't know that we could do what we do without it. So it's, you know, something available to uh, any church. The, the other thing I think you guys said, Evan, I think just now when you were talking about that bass track, uh, you know, as far as turn down the guy who's playing, <laughs> turn up the track, but that's a great principle in, yeah, do this thing over here. That's that we can do now as a placeholder, but that doesn't mean we don't, we're still developing. So right now, yeah, we're using Canva um, and, and, you know what i'm speaking a language i don't even know right now when i say canva but i think the principle is yeah we're we're using this entry-level graphic but at the same time our graphic designer is getting training over here and over here and bettering themselves so yeah we're using canva but we're not always going to be using canva that's just where we're at right now that's a great point because what i was thinking too is leaders were stewards and we're we're, right now we're talking about being resourceful and, and a lot of that plays into financial resourcefulness but we're also stewards over human capital yeah and and that's like like jason just said just because you got the bass player turned up today it doesn't mean we're not rehearsing with him and getting him better or the person who's working in canva right now they may and probably likely will fall in love with it to the point that they're going to go out and they're going to buy photoshop or you can purchase them photoshop and they're going to become fluent in that so yeah and i I think this also is really important to um having resources at your fingertips is good knowing how to use them yeah. is another thing youtube is free <clears throat> yes it is uh, now you can upgrade and pay for youtube tv i'm sure but it's most of the training that i've done for photoshop 
uh, all the things that I've tried to use over the years, I went to YouTube and learned how to do it. Podcasting, yes. I learned how to do it on, on YouTube. Uh, you know, all those because, the, okay, I have it. Train yourself on it. Yeah. And what happens is now you start to, I like to call it greasing your gears. And as you do that, now you want to get get better and improve with those things. And I'm, I'm thinking of live stream. Yeah. You know, in 2020, a lot of us were thrown into live stream. Some yeah. churches had never done it before. They had to do it to stay in contact with their churches. And now we're in 2022. And I mean, there's a churches have realized the uh, the need for online streaming their churches. Yes. And what you have to do now is go realize that technology changes oh. and you can do things with your phone. You can do things uh, on a budget. But now if you just do some resourcing, you can even get a lot of equipment mm -hmm. fairly, fairly inexpensive to stream. Oh. And so let me and so it goes back to learning and training and, and going back to vision <clears throat> and the expectations of things. If you're still using the iPhone, it's just you and the iPhone uh, after two years. Chances are you probably haven't trained somebody to use it and given them the expectations. Somebody, right. you know, hey, let's 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 step it up a little bit. Let's get a new microphone, or let's let's get let's find a, a you know a, a less expensive camera. We can do it. There's things out there. I think you have to give it, you know, pour into the resources, give yourself to them. Yes, are they free? But like Jason said, you want to constantly um, grow and get better with those things, which leads us to number four. And that is excellence in small things. And I think this is really important for a small or struggling congregation. Jason, lead us off with that on excellence in small things. I, you know, when we're talking about changing culture, this is where it's at for me. If you, if you just, we, and so we've used the word abstract already. If us being a better church and a bigger church is always just this abstract thing and we're going to have a, 500 soul revival. And all of a sudden we're going to go from being this small church to a revival church. Uh, those things don't, I don't know, maybe they happen, but they don't happen often if they do. Sure. Uh, and so if we're waiting on some silver bullet to come along, but when we start saying, you know, we're just going to start with what we have and we're going to begin to be excellent in the things that we have, we're going to stop just randomly doing things and we're going to start putting things into processes uh, we're not just going to put people in, in roles. We're going to give them job descriptions and you start putting things in order. It's amazing how before you know it, God steps in and you, you're no longer a struggling church. You're no longer a small church. You, you may be small in size for a time being, but you're not thinking like a small church uh, growth is taken. And to me, turning around a struggling culture, this is where it begins is by right. Striving for excellence in the small things. Well, I think of, you know, you can get overwhelmed mm -hmm. with trying to do everything at once. And I felt that way a couple of years ago. We went to a church conference when it was, it was a fantastic training conference. And I felt very overwhelmed. I really felt like the Lord dealt with me. It was like, focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. And so I went with hospitality. I, I felt like our hospitality needed to be, you know, go to another level. And so I got, I started really investing in them, got them some badges, got them meeting every Sunday morning, but here's where we got, they started scheduling their, their greeters and ushers. And we started really shoring up that team. And I gave them some expectations of, Hey, I really noticed that we're not getting guest cards filled out. Why is that? And they said, Hey, the guest card is gigantic. It's way too much information. I was like, we'll fix it. 
So we fixed the guest card and all, I mean, we probably increased our guest cards being filled out probably 300%. I'm telling you, it was huge. Like it was every weekend and, and Wednesday <clears throat> nights. And I really felt like it was that I, you know, I could step out from, you know, meeting with them every week and their team leader could do it. Uh, and they realized, hey, the expectations there. And I now it's 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 really thriving. I really feel like it's really grown. And so I think where you the small things of in, in excellence with, you know, finding that team, maybe it's Sunday school, maybe it's, hey, our Sunday school, we're not we're not growing there or maybe it's music, whatever it might be. Uh, something small, but I think if you're going to have excellence overall in the organization, it, it begins in the small things. Yeah. Um, and so I think Evan, you can, you can probably lead more into that and help us see more into that. Well, there's two things that I thought about while you were talking and one, you said it expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to expect excellence and you have to communicate that expectation. Right. Um, you, you don't stumble into excellence. I feel like we've said that or something before. That's something you, you don't wander toward that. You, yeah. you, it's something, it's a goal that's in mind. And I think you have to get there um, by expecting, as you uh, guys have already beautifully talked about, and I, I don't know that I can add much to, but like it kind of goes back to what Jason said, uh, job descriptions. <laughs> How many churches, and, and this is something even I needed to be better at. How many churches have job descriptions for their volunteers and their leadership, even if it's a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, because what that does is it takes the expectations you communicate and you're communicating them orally and written. Mm. And they're signing their name to an expectation, right? saying, I'm going to do this. Um, so you have to do that. And number two, and, and it's what you just talked about, sometimes we want to focus on the visual things. So like, I expect my production to be incredible. So I got LED wall, I got moving lights, I got a roving camera, I've got a $10,000 drum booth, and my production is incredible. I got the the Garth Brooks or Britney Spears mic, and I'm just like killing it. Mm. Well, okay, but what was it like when they walked in the door? Right. Like, or what is Sunday school like? Or, you know, what is first steps class like? Because what we're doing is we're we're taking that first contact point. What's your signage like in your church? And right. this is something that I got to do better about too. Like, do they know where the bathroom is? Right. Like they may, ha- you may have a 10000 or $30,000 LED wall, but do you have a sign beside your bathroom? Right. So focusing on those small things that you can do now, and then build up because what you do is you create with that excellence, uh, uh, as you produce excellence, as you achieve excellence, it's going to filter over into other things like faithful over a few things. And then you'll be given many same principle applies here. Right. Start small and build bigger. Jason, add to that. Uh, whew. I mean, I think you guys got most of the, uh, not a, lot, not a lot of meat on a bone anymore. <laughs> Turkey leg is pretty, I mean, I will say one thing that I think, ties in a lot of different components that we've just, and Evan, I think alluded to it, this make sure what you're doing is in alignment. It doesn't have to be fancy, but make sure that, you know, uh, so for example, right now, our theme, we're going to our, we're making our focus family. So we want to create a very, be very intentional about a welcome environment. I think we do good at that. We want to, we want to take it over the top. Uh, So you know, we don't want to have like our, and I'm just being very practical. We don't want to have like our, when they walk in, it's, it's kind of a sleek, um, you know, like a raw iron, you know, look, 
and then they go to the next area and there it's rustic. And then the next yeah. area over here, Yes. you know, and so it doesn't have to be expensive, the things that we do, but make sure the theme that you're doing, you know, that is in alignment. Um, anyway, so that those are the things we're working on right now as a church, because I think we're kind of schizophrenic in our vision casting because we have different things saying they're all good things, but they're all saying different things. And so we're just trying to That's good. Bring, bring everything back together. Speaking with one voice. Yeah. That's so important. That Sorry. goes back to the vision it does. and your leaders. Yes. You're seeing this all tied together. It all does. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a, uh, a testimony or an example here. I'm, there was a church in my hometown and a friend of mine took over the church and the church was, I mean, basically there was no one there when he took it. It was in the middle of the country and it was a very small building, an old, old building, like early 1900s. And just, you know, that's all they had. And he, he really felt called to do that. And he grew that church to the point that they were busting at the seams. And I remember being there and, and seeing what they were doing, though that their building wasn't brand new. It was old. It had one door. It was like, like one of those old country churches with yeah. one door yeah. at the front, and that's it. And they, they didn't allow that to be their crutch. Instead, they said, I remember him telling me, he goes, we think like we're a big church. We think like what we want to be, and we act like what we want to be. And so they had guest services. I mean, they didn't have a lobby. I mean, their bathrooms were outside at the time. And so, they're, but they're, they're, everything was I mean, very small, but they thought, here's what we're going to do. Here's where we're going to the point that they built a brand new building. It's probably probably a million dollar building a few years ago, and they did it debt free wow. because it began with this, hey, we're thinking like where we're going. Yeah. yeah. And you have to change the mindset <clears throat> and you have to think with excellence. And let me just say this too, uh, for the small or the, the struggling congregation, you can't think about church just on Sunday <laughs> when you get there. You need to be thinking about Sunday next Sunday, right? I mean, a week out, a two weeks out. To yeah. me, that's really because if you're only thinking about it when you get there, it's not going to work. And so I think you have to keep the vision together, uh, talk to your leaders and all those things and think with excellence, which leads to our final point here. And Jason, I want you to, to expound on this. Number five, patience. Five leadership philosophies for small or struggling congregation. Number five, patience. Jason, take it away. I was hoping you'd let Evan go first so I could patiently sit. And then, <laughs> That's uh, awesome. No, patience. I mean, I've been here pastoring 15 years in the church I'm at uh, and grew up in. And you know what? When I look at a lot of, if I, if I look through the wrong lens, you know, we're, when I took over the church 15 years ago, we were running about the same we are now. Uh, and if I just look through that lens, I can get very frustrated. Uh, however, if I, look through the lens of patience and understand, you know, it's, first of all, yes, it's about the same number, but it's almost entirely new congregation, just, you know, people moving away. We're a military town. So there's a lot of uh, attriculation and things of that nature, people moving away. Um, and, and I think being patient with our, with our processes, being patient that, we, you know, we're not, we're not going to change it all overnight. Um, if we get impatient, we start forcing things, uh, we try. So one thing, I, Nate, as you were talking there about your friend in uh, in the city that you grew up in, I, to me, when we when we do things, you know that. So that small church with no foyer, but they were being intentional. When those guests walked in there, 
it was very, if I walk into a church that costs $10 million and they've got all the bells and whistles and I walk in there, you know, I, I, it just kind of all runs together. But if I walk into this little church in the middle of nowhere with, you know, no foyer, but I see things that are being intentionally done to make me feel welcome, it sticks, it stands out much more. And I see the effort that they are making. So, you know, I think, anyway, I, I think I dove back into some other stuff there, but patience, um, yeah, just be patient. It's not going to, you can't do it all at once. And as you said earlier, Nate, pick one thing, work on that one area, whether that's hospitality or music or whatever is, is uh, most important. And, and, you know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Right. Go ahead. Evan. I love it. Eat an elephant one bite at a time. That should be, if I ever write an autobiography, that's, <laughs> that's what it's going to be. Um, I, I, the other thing too, as, as Jason was talking, I thought work in the waiting. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't just don't just wait. Don't just be patient for the sake of being patient. Work in the waiting, um, because what we'll do sometimes is we'll say, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Yeah, well, I'm just waiting on X, Y. Well, dude, you're going to spend your entire life waiting. Yeah, there's nobody that you can point to in Scripture that while they were waiting for God to do something wasn't working somewhere right. somehow. Um, so be patient, but work in the waiting and just remember that although. You, like um, Jason kind of talked about, you can get you if you look through the wrong lens, you can get frustrated. So look through the lens of vision and where you're heading, and remember to always look through that lens, um, and continue to work patiently through that time with the vision in mind. Because if you can do that, you'll get there. You're patient. You're ready. You're working. You keep going. You're chipping away. You're 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 taking down that elephant one bite at a time. But you're working in the waiting. The uh, Jesus said, "Labor until I come." That's good. Yeah, and it's working until until revival comes. Absolutely. Uh, and I think in the in the patience, two things here. Number one, compare yourself with yourself. Yeah, not wise. Don't compare yourself yes. to the other church or the church down. You need to see where have we come since we started with the vision. Yep. And yep. and so then I wrote down here recognize growth recognize the wins yeah. and the accomplishments and yes, celebrate, celebrate them, them. and to me that's that's wise is mm -hmm. saying hey okay hey we since we started this program we have grown 10 percent or 15 percent. that's a win is it yeah. and that 10 15 might be one person yeah. or, or two people or 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 whatever, or our team has grown, or our attendance in Sunday school has grown, or whatever. It, it's got to be measurable, but you're not measuring yourself with Lakewood. You know, you're, you're, you're measuring <laughs> yeah. yourself with yourself. Yeah, right. And that's to me because it's easy to do. You say, "Well, look, look at what they're doing, and how come they have all of this?" Well, what are you doing? And and right. look at the, look where how far we've come, and look at what yeah. we've done, and look up, yes. look at what we've went through, and look at the wins and how. And to me, when you do that, when you look beyond yourself and where you are that can be very frustrating and demoralizing but i think if you can say hey we've been so for instance uh last night uh one of our team members sent uh, our pastoral leadership our numbers our attendance numbers for all of our services since 2019 and i went to bed guys i'm, I'm feeling a little emotional right now but our numbers have gone up significantly since 2019 yeah and specifically our Wednesday night. Most Wednesday night services 
are are not well attended mm-hmm. but ours has gone up significantly and we and the reason why since 2019 we've become very intentional on our wednesday nights focusing mo- mostly on our interest groups and our we call them summit groups and what's happened is it's created that interest it's taken three years yeah it's taken three years and to me that was like okay we're yeah. doing we're on the right track here yeah so i yeah. think you, you have to have patience with yourself uh patience with your team uh that doesn't mean you don't set expectations but you you realize all these things are working together for the good of those yeah. uh so five leadership philosophies for small or struggling churches number one vision you're going to have to have that vision for your church and your teams number two identifying leaders bring them to the table allow them to be some change agents and to be influential uh, to your church number three uh, being resourceful just because you don't have a large church or a large budget does not mean you can't make a large impact in your community and in your church Uh, number four excellence in small things and then number five being patient guys i think this is a really great lesson uh, i think this is a, one of our to me one of the most important episodes we've had because that's what we want to do we want to let churches uh, realize that they can grow that they can uh, make an impact right where they are so uh, if you all have anything to add to this uh, as we c- conclude, can I add a bonus before we go? Let's go. I'm so sorry. Go I just thought it. about this. Rick Warren said that because um, th- th- you were talking about metrics, right? Mm. When you look at the body, there is a way to tell that a body's healthy, right? Um, you, you take a blood pressure, you take a temperature, you take a heart rate, you take all those things. When you look at the metrics of a church, don't look at business metrics to measure the health of a church. Right. Choose the right metrics to measure the growth. Right. Like you were just talking about, you saw, and it's not always numbers sometimes, right? But what you saw, it wasn't just, we have X amount of members. It was, okay, it was Wednesday night, went up because we did X. Right. Yeah. And be specific with the metric and look at yeah. that metric when you're comparing where you've come from. That's and, all I have. And if you don't have that, yeah you can't measure exactly you have to be able to measure growth because that's celebrating a win it's being intentional yes how can you win if you don't know what you've won at and that's what you know ash and i went to went to bed last night and it was hey we've been intentional with that we've been intentional with that and uh i think that's and we realized what it was thank you covid for for that as well (laughs) yeah Uh, that there are some churches that struggled during covid we we utilized it to to change some things and as we've we've seen the as we've been more intentional it's helped so i hope i hope you all have found great value in this lesson on the mastermind leadership podcast i'm going to hand it to evan as we close out all right while we hope we can reach a diverse audience with this podcast we also offer personal coaching and mentoring additionally we're available individually to come train Uh, come and train your teams at your local church or business. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mastermind Leadership. Subscribe to the Mastermind Leadership podcast on all of the platforms you would listen and visit us at mastermindleadershipcollective.podia.com. Connect with us. Let us know how we can serve you and assist you in mastering the leader within. 